Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, imagine getting a knock on your door from someone who could derail your whole life and take away your child. That knock came from for my next guest, not because she was abusing or neglecting her child, actually quite the opposite. It was because she was listening and responding to her child in the most loving way possible. She was allowing her child to live life as the gender she felt she was, a girl. The topic of transgender youth has been contentious, to say the least. From the outside, when the person looking in is cisgender, meaning you were, say, born and labeled a girl at birth and you feel like a girl, it can be hard to imagine that some people don't feel that alignment. The only way that I can explain it is to kind of switch it around for people. So for you to imagine that other people keep referring to you, if you're a girl or a woman, as a boy or a man with pronouns that reflect that, names that reflect that. And you keep saying, but that is not who I am. And they keep doing it. They keep referring to you that way. They keep seeing you that way. Some kids know from a very young age that They are not the gender that they were assigned at birth. And it's important to listen to this because transgender people can have a very high suicide rate, a very high rate of being bullied, attacked, even murdered. Trans women, because they must contend with a profound amount of discrimination, also are at high risk for alcoholism, poverty, homelessness, lack of good health care. The solution is not fixing the transgender person, but rather acceptance on our part. Let's talk about it with my next guest who has personal experience with her own transgender child. Carolyn Hayes is a, an award-winning, critically acclaimed, best-selling author who has published A Girlhood, Letter to My Transgender Daughter, under a pen name to protect the privacy of her family. Her novels have been published by Hatchet, Simon & Schuster, HarperCollins. Her books are widely translated. A Girlhood will have four overseas editions, including those by Picador UK and Flammarion in France. Her past books have been listed as New York Times Notable Books of the Year and Kirkus's Best Fiction of the Year, and she's written for National Public Radio and the Washington Post. So welcome, Carolyn Hayes, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I'm very excited that you wrote this book. It is so honest and authentic. Before we get fully immersed in our conversation about talking to kids about transgender, can you tell me what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in talking to the world about your transgender daughter? 
Well, you know, I mean, I was a writer <laughs> to begin with. And so um, I couldn't write about this subject for a really long time. And I couldn't publish anything um, for a long time because, first of all, I hadn't fully processed what had happened to us, um, which was traumatic. That knock at the door was traumatic for me. Uh, for we, we had four kids um, and, and my husband and for honestly, our all of our relatives, our family. And it really, you know, tore at our community. Um, and so, you know, it took me a long time to process that. I also had to wait until my daughter was old enough to, you know, say, yeah, it's, it's okay with me, you know. Um, and we were also looking at the world, which in America in particular, where things were getting better for trans people for a long time there. Uh, we had a number of really good years where, you know, there was more rights for trans kids in public schools and more protections. And, um, and then there was this kind of violent contraction and then, you know, um, and a real targeting of trans people, um, especially when the Trump administration came in, but, you know, down to um, the governor of Texas this past spring, um, making it a law to investigate all parents who support mm. their transgender kids um, to investigate them for child abuse. So we, you know, the, the book, as I was, as I was writing it and working on it, um, has suddenly become more and more urgent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you write in the beginning of your book, and we've heard this before, when people say, how can somebody so young know that they're transgender? Tell us about how you came to realize that your daughter was transgender, or perhaps how your daughter knew that she was transgender from a very young age. Yeah, we were one of those people <laughs> who thought, how could it, you know, and we did not apply the word transgender to our daughter um, because this was kind of, this, this was, um, you know, we're talking about 2011 where really we didn't have that, have much in, in you know, understanding culturally about, a tra about trans children. Um, and so, uh, you know, our daughter was, as they say, persistent, consistent, and acute. So, um, you know, all of her expression, well, at that point we were using male pronouns, but, um, all of her expression was, was female. All of her play was female, which is all fine. You know, that's, that's all easy, but then, you know, was, you know, getting in arguments at school, um, as a really young kid, like I'm saying pre-K that telling her teachers that she was a girl, telling the other students that she was a girl, um, if she would hear me talking to my mom using male pronouns, she would, you know, you know, shout out, you know, say she, say she, I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when her teachers came to us and just said, what should we do? Uh, we had no idea what to tell them. We just said, stall, you know, distract. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then we talked to, you know, experts and we did research and um, we got in touch with people who could explain things to us. And one of the things that, especially on this, that was so helpful was to really get like the, uh, you know, like, you know, the, the, the overview of childhood development, because every child, um, and it's, it's very clear map for all of us, when we um, meet certain, you know, little markers of understanding of, of our own gender. Um, and so um, when, so childhood development has worked all that out. And when you look at what we know at nine months versus 18 versus three and four year olds, which versus five year olds, um, you know, my daughter was actually very much understanding her gender, um, mm -hmm. and hitting all those markers in childhood development. It just was surprising because she was doing them the way I did as a girl <laughs> and not in the way that would be most typical. Um, but you know, yeah, so childhood development kids often like by three and four mm -hmm. understand 
that you know their gender and and by five sometimes get a little bit rigid about it because they they understand permanence in some mm-hmm. ways and mm-hmm. um, yeah so she was hitting all those and so it helped us really to understand our own childhood development and hers. Yes, and I know you said this in your book, but I would love for you to tell us. So, what about the people who say? Well, why couldn't she just be like an effeminate boy? Yeah, we were, we were, again, (laughs) that was us too. (laughs) So, um, you know, we have uh, an oldest daughter um, who was 12 when our youngest was born. And then um, two brothers, two, you know, she has two older brothers. Um, And so our house was full of boy toys and, um, and some girl toys too. Um, and, uh, yeah, and and we were very open to the idea. All of our other kids are pretty, you know, gender typical, I would say, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were very open to the idea that, okay, well, maybe we're raising, um, you know, uh, a boy who likes girl things. And that phrase was actually given to us by somebody who was, who is a specialist, um, in this area and told us that the, the most likely we are raising, uh, you know, um, a, a, an effeminate boy, just statistically speaking. And so try out this language, you know, um, you're a boy who likes girl things. And so, Hey, there's nothing wrong with being a boy who likes girl things. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we, we did it. We tried. <laughs> and, um, you know, she, she really rejected that. Um, mm-hmm. and then there were things, you know, in her behavior that became clearer and clearer to us that this was much deeper than just, you know, this is the thing that I like to play with. And this is the thing I would prefer to wear. Um, and so, uh, then we, we started to listen in a, in a, in a deeper way. So quickly for those who are listening, what happened with the knock on the door, because they're probably wondering about what we were referring to before. Yeah, sure. So, um, so, yeah, so we eventually uh, let our child, you know, we, she asked for the, the pronouns that, that you know, and we were talking and hearing that this was probably the best way for, for her to be in the world. Um, and so we, we transitioned to just to girl pronouns, uh, a barrette in her hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets to choose her clothes and a nickname. So we didn't change her name or anything, you know. Um, but just went by this nickname. And so the knock on the door came shortly after that. So we had started to tell people at school, the school was very happy and relieved that we had a plan and and they worked with (laughs) us. Um, And and we were telling neighbors and family and friends that this was um, the change that we were trying out. Um, And so uh, that knock on the door was from the Department of Children and Families. Um, It was an investigator who, who had gotten an anonymous call um, that we were, the, the language didn't even include the word transgender. So the person who made the call didn't have that education. Um, and so they were using language like, um, you know, forcing our child to be a homosexual or something like Mm -hmm. that. So I think, um, yeah, that, that was kind of the hardest part for me was that I never got to talk to that person and, um, do some education and, you know, put, put their mind at ease and, um, show them compassion and, and hope for some compassion in return. But, um, yeah, so that, that was what upended our lives that, mm-hmm. that knock at the door started an investigation. Mm-hmm. And we quickly realized in, cause, because we were in the deep South and a red state that, um, with, if it went forward and we, we went in front of a judge, 
many would be, you know, um, Republican appointed judges and that we could lose custody. So that was all explained to us by lawyers. Mm. And of course, it turned out that that uh, the person who investigated you, um, you had so much support from so many people. And that was a big surprise of the outpouring of love and support from so many people uh, that the the person who was investigating was frustrated that 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 he was even there. It sounded like that he needed to investigate a, a, a good family like yours when there were people who actually needed him. And eventually that case was closed, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you write in your book, I mean, this is kind of going along that same path of this misunderstanding from this other person that, that people might look at your child and say, trans is a disorder, or they've got sexual deviance you wrote towards the end. What is your response to all of that? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I'm also a Catholic. And so <laughs> I come with, um, you know, to, to all of this with, with faith. Um, and so it's been an incredible journey for me in terms of my faith. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think about the way we're all made and one of our, you know, our pediatricians uh, early on said, when I explained the situation, said, nature loves diversity. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yes. That was really great. Um, but also my, I've just done the deep dive into um, the incredible architecture of our brains and, uh, you know, the neurological, the endocrine system, you know, the, the, the hormone wash that a baby is, you know, bathed in, in the womb and, um, all the rich, beautiful complexity of us as human beings. Um, and then, then to, to kind of deny all of that and just decide, no, it has to be these two boxes. One is Mm -hmm. F and one is M and you've got to choose one. And, you know, gender has to be something that you glance at somebody as a baby and you know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to me, all of that is so reductive and and so uh, limiting and boring. And to me, it really, it snubs God in a way because, <laughs> you know, here we are such a complex and beautiful, um, you know, creation. Uh, and so to, to, to reduce all of that and to deny it to me, um, is to, to reduce and deny, you know, what's beautiful about mm-hmm. us. Um, so, so for me, uh, yeah, I don't know if, if, if I were reaching across the aisle to somebody who was also a person of faith, I might start there. Um, if I was talking to somebody who was more science-based, I'd just dive into the, mm-hmm. the brain. <laughs> yes. And you so. had a lot of information in that, in that, in your book on that. So I think for those who are science oriented, you've got, you know, you've got great uh, material there to help people understand what's going on. So you, along the way, you have had to cope with fear that your daughter could be faced with some more scary stuff. Um, Speaking of science and the studies that are out there, you tell you tell her that she needs to be more careful and more vigilant because people often don't take kindly to those who are different. So how have you talked to your child about people's reactions to trans people, not to scare her, but to prepare her so she's not in the dark? Yeah. And we talk about that sometimes. I still check in with her. I was like, what do you want me to tell you? What do you want to know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it it can be, and I certainly don't tell her everything I hear in the news. I do talk to her about the political stuff. Um, I certainly talk to her about um, what happened in Boston Children's Hospital. 
um, just in the last few weeks where they were getting, the doctors at that gender clinic were getting death threats and they eventually, there was a bomb threat, which they, which, you know, um, I think, you know, the people who are investigating it felt it was tied directly to the threats against um, the gender clinic and the work that they were doing um, because of, because people had really been targeted with some misinformation about what they were, how they were caring for kids there. Um, and so that part I talked to her about, I think, you know, some of the things are, you know, about the difference between what's private and, and what's a secret, mm -hmm. um, that we all have a right to have privacy, you know, and, and that her decision on who she talks to about uh, being trans, because right now she, she is not visibly trans. Um, no one would look at her and think, oh, that, you know, that's a, that's a trans person. Mm -hmm. Um, so right now that's her hers to choose, you know, who she shares that with. Um, so we talk a lot about privacy versus secrecy, which feels like kind of like a heavy weight sometimes, mm. like a stone. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, you, you can give that stone to somebody and they can hit you with it. Secrets Ooh. are a little bit mm. trickier. Um, but at the end of the day, some of that is, some of that is just language. Um, she always has to go with, and I'm always telling her to really Ha trust your instincts on people, which is something we've talked to all of our kids about. Like, if you get a strange feeling about someone, you know, trust that strange feeling. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. be wary. Um, and so we really try to, and she's a great, great read on people. And I think that comes in part from, mm -hmm. you know, uh, being different. Um, and so, yeah, she walks into a room, she's got a much clearer or she, she, she can read that room much better than I can <laughs> in terms of yeah. who to trust and who not to and, and why. Mm -hmm. So we really tried to um, have her, you know, lean into that and really trust herself um, and, and draw boundaries for herself. So if we could flip it a bit and the parents who are listening who may have cisgender children, how can we have make sure those parents what kind of language can we give them so that they can talk to their children about trans kids and and can learn to either be allies or at least not adversaries as trans kids are going through life? Yeah, um, I think that honestly, I really loved your intro. I thought it was great because um, yeah, that it, it is a it's, a it's something that I've talked about with people too. You know, how would you feel if somebody were constantly calling you sir and mister and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, referring to you? Um, honestly, the thing is that the kids get it much faster than <laughs> they do. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I would, it, most of my thing is just like sit down and talk to the kid and explain it to him. The kid goes, oh, that makes sense. You know, and then they, they totally do. It's so quick too, right? Yeah, they yeah, roll this with is not, and Yes, they yeah, do. It's generally speaking, not a big deal at all to them, um, especially because it makes sense to the person they're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so they're like, oh, I get it. This person wants, yeah, that, that was actually <laughs> my first, my first guess. So yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it's the parents who kind of get in the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. So for the parents who really want to do a good job, I mean, I think that one of the things is just, um, you know, treating people with respect across the board and in this situation being no different. So um, yeah, to listen to people and to treat them the way that they want to be treated um, and seen, you know, it's really important. Those pronouns, if you've always gotten the right pronouns your whole life, it feels like, oh, well, it's no big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but it really is a big deal. And when we get it wrong, there are ways to, you know, correct really quickly and, and not make a big thing of it. And everybody makes mistakes and just being gracious with that is important, especially when, when it's new. Um, but really making an effort um, to get it right. And, and really, really like imagining that person doing some work to imagine, reimagine that person. If somebody's going through a transition, mm-hmm. really reimagine them in your downtime to practice those pronouns as if I agree. somebody else in your downtime, you can just practice yeah. it. And then it just becomes a habit that sticks. So, um, yeah, so I think there's all different ways to, to do it, but I, I, I think that the parents are the tricky ones and mm-hmm. the kids generally get it. Yeah. So there was an instance in your book where you're watching a movie with Cuba Gooding, Gooding Jr. And there were some transphobic jokes that were made. And I can imagine parents and kids being in that exact situation where they hear a transphobic joke in a movie or, or a show or a comedian is saying it or whatever might be. What would you hope parents would do or say in that type of situation so that kids don't get the idea that making fun of trans people is funny or okay? Yeah. I mean, I think it's okay to just acknowledge that, oh, that was messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you don't need to do too much more than that. You know, yeah. um, it with jokes, you know, we comedians also, they talk a lot about punching down you know, um, you, the kind of a lazy comedian will, will mm. pick a target and kind of punch down on somebody. It means that they're kind of above them mm. and they're punching down on the demographic. Um, and you know, it's, it's much, much better if you're well, a lot of comedians make fun of themselves. So that's fair. Um, and there mm. are a lot of great comedians who are trans who are telling really funny jokes, um, mm-hmm. about their experience. And that's, uh, you know, I, 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 I love some of those comedians. Um, yeah. So, Um, without getting into Chappelle, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I think that there are, um, you know, when, when somebody tells a joke from their own community, it's just a a smarter joke, you know, uh, because they've lived it and they know how to tell the joke better. And you can always tell when an outsider is kind of picking on a minority and they're not from that minority, it often comes off pretty bad, the joke. Um, so I think that there's ways to talk about that too. Is there anything else you want to say about media? And trans representation, uh, you know, as far as as what parents should know or be looking for. Um, well, I, honestly, one of the things that I thought was really, you know, in the kids shows that was really helpful to my daughter was um, all the shows. So many shows are about someone having a secret self. Um, you know, mm-hmm. all the Nickelodeon shows, the Hannah Montana's of the world, yeah. the early Zendaya, um, there's so many shows, or even as I get a little older, your Buffy's and your, you know, um, which is a Waverly place. There's so many different shows where someone has something special about them that they can't quite talk about. Um, and then eventually they're kind of found out a little bit and they have to share it with a friend. And that friend usually has a positive reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I mean, I think in all the different ways that people are different, whether that's like neurodiversity or, you know, different, there's all different ways that we, we have something that makes us either other or at this and, or, you know, like, but really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I think that one of the things for my daughter is that when she does come out to someone, um, she also wants that person to realize that she's sharing something that's special about her, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so not just, oh, no big deal or, um, you know, like, which is also kind of a fine response to, I mean, that I'm, I'm not going to, 
denigrate no big deal. Cause that's, mm-hmm. I, we'll, we'll take no big deal. That's great. Right. But um, yeah. So, but in media, those shows have been great. And I think across the board for kids who feel a little bit different or just feel like their specialness has not fully been realized yet, but they know it's there. I think those shows are, are kind of interesting and good for kids. That's really board. cool. So you, so you might use that as a way of segueing to, you know, what, what is, is interesting or secretive or different about you or special about you. And then also, you know, there are some differences that other people deal with every day. And sometimes people don't take so kindly to them, you know, and here are some examples of that. Like, what would you do if a friend told you this might be like a good way of just starting a conversation and then listening to a child's response as they relate it to something that they know on TV. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. And then also, I think just talking about gender and how it messes us all up sometimes, you know, Mm. that there's strict little rules for all of us. So, you know, talking to kids about what in little kids, especially like, why is pink for girls? Is mm-hmm. everybody allowed to like pink? Everybody's allowed to like pink, you know? The dress up, you know, corner is for everybody, you know, in right. kindergarten. Anyone can go, you can put on anything you want. And that they already at that age are starting to feel some of those delineations, which, you know, aren't that great for little boys, <laughs> right. you know, who are being kind of forced to be one way. It's not that great for little girls are kind of feeling pressure to be another way. And so any conversation where you're kind of talking about what are the rules of gender, just acknowledging that they exist, um, much less that somebody, somebody is moving between them or in between them, like not feeling one way mm-hmm. or another way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all those conversations are great for everyone. I agree. I mean, uh, when we're talking about gender, so much of this gender boxing is restrictive and we want kids to feel the full expression of themselves, whatever it means without labels and without feeling like they're doing something deviant by putting on a, a tutu in kindergarten and realizing that it floats up and down, which was definitely something that I saw with, you know, with my, when my two-year-old son went onto the trampoline and he had, a, he had his sister's tutu on and he was jumping up and down. I mean, it was like a hoot and a holler for him. You know, he was just having the time of his life. And I can imagine that sometimes people can have a fear related to that as soon as that happens, because we come with a lot of baggage when it comes to gender. Would you agree with that? We're irrational about gender (laughs) as a culture, right? you know, yes. And we're really seeing that irrationality play out and being, Mm -hmm. being really, um, you know, kind of sometimes cynically, you know, stoking the fires of that irrationality when it's so unnecessary Mm -hmm. Um, and using it to divide people, you know, to talk, using trans kids and trans people to divide and create fear. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just find that to be in a lot of arenas where I'm seeing it um, to be pretty cynical act, Mm -hmm. purposeful, Mm -hmm. and not really worried about trans people causing problems, but just using fear around Mm -hmm. gender um, to, to stoke some, to stoke some, um, you know, real divisions. So how is your daughter now? Oh, she's great. Um, she's, uh, 15 now, um, and, you know, thriving, getting good grades. She's excels in French, um, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) got an award, uh, you know, math is is hard. Um, (laughs) Math is hard. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she's doing great in school and, um, you know, 
she's she's having fun and you know she's she's actually quite delightful as teenagers go I mean I really enjoy being that's with wonderful. her hanging out with her so we're lucky that way what's your top tip what would you want parents to come away with educators to come away with after hearing you talk about this information on this podcast and after reading your book yeah I think it's just a, such an opportunity to be compassionate um and what I've in what I've really learned you know um is that it, it, the, the lessons that I've gotten, to, to, you know, the way my daughter has opened me up <laughs> to the world is, is what I love because so many times the lesson that I've learned, you know, I can take it to another group of people and say, oh, well, I know how they feel. I know why they are reacting so strongly, you know, in, in defense of their child. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why they're fighting for that child in the way that they are, why they seem really triggered at this moment is because... Mm. There's been a lot going on. Um, and uh, so so I think that um, there's any time, you know, someone, um, it, it, you know, is from a minority or is, is, is in some way different, um, it opens us all up. And, and if we listen really well, all those lessons are transferable. So um, it's been great for me uh, to, to, you know, just to be a broader thinking person um, and really is she's kicked the, the doors of my heart wide open, you know, um, in terms of, you know, how to listen and how to love. Mm-hmm. It's so beautifully said. I mean, there were times when I was reading your book that you were so diplomatic, like in the way that you responded to people. And I was like, Whoa. I was just mad. Um, I, I write in my books and I'm like underlining and I'm pissed off about, you know, somebody telling you they always blame the mother. And, and you're like, you're so kind about it. You're like, Thank you for telling me that. And, you know, that really prepared me for this. And I'm like, she is so level headed. Um, and I, I really appreciated what you gained from, from each thing that you did um, without uh, completely, you know, lashing out on people, which would not be helpful actually. I think the way you handled it was really, really well. Um, and, and that, empathy that you had for people in their not understanding or in their misconception, in their not knowing was, was very notable and, and useful. So I I just appreciate what you had to say there. Um, And I would love the resource of the week. Where can we go to get more information about you, your book and the work you're doing? Um, Well, my name, Carolyn Hayes, and it's, um, H A Y S O E. Um, and so if, if you look me up, there's a website, um, which is my name.com. Um, and there's also a resource page there, and we're going to continue to update that, um, as things come in. So when we see something, that's a great news story or something, we, we, we put it up, um, different resources that could help. And there are resources for teachers there as well. Um, so that's going to continue to be refreshed and, um, yeah, and there's more about the book and I have, you know, some op-eds and essays and things coming out here and there, which we will link to as well. Excellent. And the book is a girlhood letter to my transgender daughter by Carolyn Hayes. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing this intimate story and this very authentic view of of what's going on in your life and in the life of your daughter. Um, it, It really gives us such a window into 
um, what's really going on um, and, and hopefully clears up some misconceptions that some people may have come to the podcast with, um, explain some good things and uh, maybe help them come away with some ideas of how to talk to their own children about a transgender child in their classroom or somebody who they may meet along the way. So thank you so very much. Thank you so much. This was a very thoughtful interview and I really appreciate it. Thank you. That is so kind of you to say. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours. So let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. We can go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page or let's chat about it. DrRobinSilverman.com or Twitter.com. I'm under Dr. Robin and I'm also on Instagram under Dr. Robin Silverman. And if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can learn about Carolyn Hayes, her book, A Girlhood, Letter to My Transgender Daughter, might come to this podcast and hear her talk about her daughter and this book. It, it's so important that we give those reviews because I got to tell you, those five-star reviews make it so that people see it, the algorithm gets triggered, and they learn all about these great topics. And the more that we learn, the better off we get. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please go to drrobinsilverman.com. There's so many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please, remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but never forget, there's usually a tomorrow there. Parenting can be the ultimate do-over. So maybe you said something to your kid, or maybe you had a brief conversation about transgender and you go, oh boy, looking back, I don't think I did that so well. You could try again. You know, you have new information. You can do it again. I, I see you and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices and our sweet sanity, please know you're 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.